1: welcome along to this week's podcast just the two of us again Richard is out busy making videos again guy and Dave
0: yeah Richard yeah, is indeed. busy on Torbay Sports awards and that I think is just about to come to an end but uh, he does put quite a shift in on that
1: he does it's Thursday afternoon we're waiting for the thunder snow to arrive aren't we calm down calm
0: down <laughs> guy it's not t- I, I look I was looking through the TV I'm the very day and excited. saw that it was minus 27 in Winnipeg yeah so let's everybody that's just, cold. Uh, yeah, let's everybody just get on with it oh.
1: Um, a bit of sad news this afternoon In fact it's only just broken in the last hour or so About the, the death of Graham Taylor Graham Taylor's died He was only 72 Yes um, Died suddenly uh, I'm not sure if it was today or last night But that's, that's, that, that's a sad day for well, football It isn't? is
0: because and, and, and even though Graham Taylor ha- didn't have any direct connection with Torquay United His team's played against us yeah. many times over the years uh, and I was privileged to meet him quite early in my Herald Express reporting career I came back down here and um, we played Lincoln away one day and uh, on a Saturday stayed just outside Lincoln I was traveling with the team as a long-haired fan of various worrying rock bands um, and uh, Mike Green the player manager at the time said what was I doing on the Friday evening and I Mumbled and said, hanging around the hotel, I expect, or something like that. And he said, Right, we're going to Graham Taylor's for tea. And, um, you know, I sort of perked up and said, Oh, marvellous, are we? And um, we got a taxi and went. To- Graham had invited him and whoever else wanted to come around. Rita, his wife, made us yeah. lovely tea at the Taylor household. Uh, and they went out and beat us 4 2, I remember, at <laughs> Sinsall Bank the next day with a big centre forward called Percy Freeman scoring a, a yeah. two, three goals. And, and um, we, we, Graham, Taylor and I kept in touch over the years. I always sort of sent him messages to congratulate him on his successes and his jobs, and he was always very prompt in coming back and saying thank you very much. And a Christmas card even arrived one day, which is still stored proudly away in a a drawer of mine. He was an absolutely wonderful, kind, down-to-earth Lincolnshire lad. And, of course, there was a connection between him and me, because Graham's dad, Tom Taylor, was my opposite number on the Scunthorpe Evening Telegraph. So Graham always had a very uh, uh, proper ear out for the reporting side of it. Through his dad, he knew about how difficult it can be, sometimes, and and confidences and stuff like that. And uh, we did keep in touch for for many, many years. Sadly, we haven't sort of spoken for, for, for in the last few years. But and he was also a guy who never ever forgot a face. No. Uh, and, and very seldom a name as well I can remember when we played Watford in a cup tie uh, with Kevin Hodges in charge about 97, 98 we, had, we played Watford in a cup tie did we draw with him at home and then have a replay I have a feeling we did yeah. yeah, and he turned up to that game um, and walking down a corridor and I spotted him and he, he just instantly looked up and smiled yeah, and I thought, well, he will never remember, you know, etc. And it, with all the people who were shaking him by the hand and everything. And I went up and said, hi, Graham. And he said, talkie, reporter, I'll get there in a minute, sort of thing. And <laughs> I said, I'm, I'll put you out of my misery. And it, it had been years since yeah. we'd seen each other. And, and, a, he, and, a, and, a, and a, his track record was quite unbelievable yeah. as, a, as a manager. I mean, there was almost no... Very few English managers can compete with his track record over the years, all the way from Lincoln... He did
1: fantastic things with
0: Watford didn't he? He Absolutely
1: amazing things with a Watford side who were a decent fair to middling lower division side. Absolutely, fourth division team. And took them from there into Europe as, as Elton John has been saying this afternoon.
0: Yeah. And, and that's an interesting... I mean, he took them from the 4th Division to the 1st Division in five years, runners-up in the, in, in the old 1st Division, the FA Cup in 1984, and then after a spells with Villa and Wolves, he went back there and did almost the same again. He took yeah. them back up again. But interestingly, of a mark of the man, Elton John, you know, by his own admission, went through some fairly weird and wonderful crises during his life. And the person who he credits several times with keeping him on the straight and narrow and, and you know, obviously they didn't, he, Graham Taylor didn't run his life for him, but he, he always had Graham Taylor there yeah. as, as the person he could go to. And Graham used to be quite straight with him about what he should and well, shouldn't I be imagine. doing. Yeah. And can um, uh, 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 the huge loss. They, were, they became yeah. great, great friends.
1: There's a lovely clip that's running on TV at the moment this afternoon, which is of the two of them at some press conference. It looks as if it's early '80s, judging by the width of the ties and that, yeah, and the when he went back, that sort of thing yeah. could be. Uh, and they're oh, sorry, unable, sorry,
0: first time round, first time round, a big pardon. They're unable
1: there. to complete the interview because they're both laughing so much. They yes. have to walk away and say, "Let's do this again." So obviously, quite a special. Bond there but Graham always used to come to the press box at Playmore as well. Whenever he was around, he'd always stick his head round the door of the press box, shake everybody by the hand, and, and you know wish us all well. Yeah, and yeah, just just a genuine down to earth
0: um, football bloke. He, absolutely, a Lincolnshire man through and yeah. through, um, and and a, and a very very sad um, yeah. that he's been taken. Do you think it's fair to say that
1: that he and Bobby Robson were almost the, the last of the line when it comes to the managers who were pre Sky? Pre agents, pre diamond earrings, pre the billions washing around at the top of the club. You, I'm sure you could series. probably I,
0: you could probably argue that. Yeah. Uh, and they had very old-fashioned views on yeah. on man management and the way the game can and should be played. Everybody uh, uh, always accused Graham Taylor of being an absolutely uh, um, uh, uh, one-direction, you know, yeah. long-ball manager. He, he wasn't at all he, he he always used to play the football you know that he that he his t- his play, he felt his players were yeah. happiest with and actually if you used to talk to some of the players because he was slaughtered wasn't he for giving caps to people like yeah. Carlton Palmer and all of if you talk to a lot of the players who played under him they all say that he, his coaching that that he was wonderfully clear and simple. They never, ever were in any doubt when they went out on the pitch about what they were supposed to be doing or anything like that. And he had that terrible, terrible qualification match against the Netherlands, didn't he? When Koeman should, should should have gone. Not only was he not sent off for a practical assault... But when he then scored the other the, end and scored his, the goal. And, and, scored the goal. Yeah. and the pressure that Taylor was under at the time, and he, and he got dogs abused. The, the
1: treatment that he got at the hands of a lot of the people who were online this afternoon saying "R.I.P. the great Graham Taylor." Yeah, um, um, the abuse that he got from um, from yeah. certain sections and, was um, was out of order.
0: And and I think the England managership has been almost a poison chalice ever since those yeah. days. It was just the start of that kind of treatment of. Public figures, if they, you know, were seen to, you know, not succeed for in yeah. some sort of way, and it's it's not stopped since, has it? No, so, uh, indeed. There you go. No, it's great loss. Indeed.
1: On to talking United matters then, which is where the podcast is coming from, and we, we can't do this week's podcast unfortunately without talking about the Bore and Wood game. No, on let, Saturday. let's
0: let's try and and. And, and deal with it reasonably quickly because there wasn't an awful lot happened at Playmore no. last Saturday from a Torquay United point of view, was there? Um
1: we, I, I mean, it wasn't just us. Everybody said you can't expect Torquay to carry on as they did over Christmas and New Year. Four, the three, sort of five Cavalier, ball. Keystone Cops football that we saw over Christmas and the New Year. But it was it was a very downbeat performance, wasn't it? Yes,
0: exactly? I, I I think... Funnily enough, I, I was chatting to a member of the club staff up there today. I In, in a way... I think sometimes in lower division football and I think at United at the moment as well is it almost helps if players are playing a bigger team that might cause them a lot of problems yeah. it almost concentrates their mind and actually makes them play better simpler football when they go out thinking we'll beat these yeah. it's almost the worst mindset for, for a lot of lads at this level uh, and I can remember chatting to Lee Mansell after he'd, he'd gone to Bristol Rovers a couple of years ago and they were, they'd come down into the conference with us at the, Perhaps, sa- the same yeah. year. They went straight back up again. But for, there was a time during the first half of the season when Bristol Rovers were losing to teams like altering away. They lost at Braintree uh, and then would win at home. Uh, and Lee Matzer was telling me that, that they had a big sit-down at a certain stage and said, right, we're getting this hopelessly wrong because we're obviously beating teams up at home, going away, thinking that we're going to follow up and beat this next team away from home yeah. and getting dumped big time. And it was almost as if they needed to be a bit scared by, what you know, either by the pressures of winning at home or by whatever, a, a, a to concentrate in, their yeah, minds. Yeah. And, and they, they they made a policy or made their minds up collectively to treat absolutely every match as if it was. Not the proverbial cup final, but but as if it had nothing to do with what had gone on before. Yeah. Now managers often talk like this, don't they? But managers saying Actually, it playing it, as, it, as players doing is it, another. Yeah, yeah. And they they used to go to places like Braintree and Barrow, they weren't up there then, but those sort of teams and treat it as an absolute, yeah, you know, no tomorrow match, and 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 their form picked up, and and it's almost as if United came home last Saturday. I'm sure it wasn't a conscious thing or anything like that they've had two great games against Forest Green earned a few brownie points picked up four points that a lot of people didn't expect you know etc Boreham Wood at home well I'm sorry if you can't get your head around the Boreham Wood at home then you're going to end up in trouble because you are simply not going to play well enough in the other games which you perceived as bigger Mm to to get your part get yeah. yourself past those games and United almost from the first whistle I mean they, they had to clear, I mean Ben garing blocked a shot and Courtney Richards Courtney cleared Richards, the ball off yeah. in the in the first ten minutes yeah, that was a better um,
1: block seeing that on the TV highlights it yes. was a better block than it looked from where it we was. were sitting as well yeah. wasn't it?
0: and um, uh, it, it was I didn't think United at any stage of the match there was a little spell in the second half first sort of fifteen minutes of the second mm. half when they just looked as if they might be getting to yeah. grips with it a little bit and then they gave away an absolutely Dreadful goal, terrible goal, wasn't uh, it?
1: and and
0: uh, but but just this poor decision making. Yeah, you know, and uh, every, um, everything
1: that could go wrong went wrong. Yeah, every department. Quite. Yeah, it's just it's one of those games he's you know, easily said. You know, when you look at it, no return on the points, but it's a game you just need to forget and get over. Well,
0: it? I mean, the minimum requirement was a nil-nil draw. Yeah, which, which everybody would have walked away and said, "Oh, wasn't that awful?" But it's a point and it would have stretched United's run I think that that would have been two defeats in what about eight, nine yeah, games yeah. which is okay alright it's not the worst thing in the world but the, you go on a point but they couldn't even do that and uh, it was just a. I think it does raise quite a few question marks and I think Kevin Nicholson is trying very hard to address that um, I agreed with him I think uh, uh, chapeau as we say in cycling terms to the way Paul Rooney has is, 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 uh, been applying himself yeah. Yeah. At, at right back he's a 19 year old centre half trying to cope at right back and he's, he's played really spiritedly there but um, I don't think it'll become as a surprise that supporters to learn that Kevin Nicholson is trying to get a right back in yeah um, uh, uh, I think with Luke Young and um, Damon Lathrop, Lathrop on their way yeah. back I don't think he'll worry too much about midfield in terms of recruitment but United did look short up front they did. on Saturday they and, did, did. and there's no easy way to, to, to get around
1: that so the, the, the news that we're looking for is to see what changes uh, might be made to the squad. Is there any news, for instance, on the, the loan, the Fitzpatrick loan? Um, n- not as we
0: speak, but I know that Kevin Nicholson has been working on it. Yeah. So, um, and I think Fitzpatrick would like to stay, as far as I know. Uh, Wimbledon, I think, are OK with it, yeah. um, but it hasn't actually been done yet. Um, uh, you know, he's, he's a winger who has gone into quite a few notebooks over the last few weeks, yeah. and rightly so. Um, I thought, interestingly, that the the um, the, the two Boreham Wood fullbacks, who have both of them been around a while, Danny yeah. Woodards so used to started out his right. career at Exeter. Um, uh, Femi Ilasanyi, the left back, uh, he might not look like a very cultured left back, but he he he, he knows the game a bit. Yeah. He, he's he's come up through East London football, played quite a few years at um, Dagenham, and I thought they both did a bit of a job yeah. on um, on Fitzpatrick I'd- and Sparks last Saturday.
1: Well, while we're on the subject, I thought um, Joe Devera, the centre-back, yep. did a terrific job on Jamie Reid yes. as well. Jamie Reid worked hard, but Devera, he was never more than arm's length away from him, was no. he, on the, the whole no. afternoon? And,
0: and and I think Boreham Wood were, you know, they, they, they beat United 2-0 at their place in September, and they they, they duly did the double over United last yeah. Saturday, and it was, a uh, um, you know, I think Kevin Nicholson... Uh, he was very, very critical after the game, wasn't he? About yeah. the whole attitude of the players, almost, and he traced it all the way back to when they came in on the Wednesday yeah. after after the the New Year match,
1: thinking that they turned
0: a corner. Yeah. And, now, as yeah. a manager, uh, you know, okay, what do you say? Right, you beggars, you're not having the ball for two or three days, and you're going to run run until you, you know, throwing up. Do you go yeah. down that road, or uh, you know, how do you at this stage of the season? You've got to try and get performance together. It, it is, yeah, yeah. and. Yeah. and um, uh, you you can, people, you know, it's the easy old thing to say, well, you get brutal in those situations, but then people say, well, you can't get quite as brutal these days as you used to be. No. Well, <laughs> maybe yeah. you can, maybe you can't, you know. The, uh, run, um, running up over
1: Quinter three or four times or something like that. Well, so, yeah. yes,
0: and and and, it, and it's, it's just... Yeah. You know, I, I think he traced it back very immediately, didn't he? In his post post match quotes, you know, saying that basically he didn't think they'd looked up for it almost from no. the way back to the Wednesday. And uh, uh, we've had a chat with him this week. He says this week has been much better, <laughs> which I think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not hard. Um, uh, and we'll see uh, um, how they come mm-hmm. out against Woking on Saturday. I, I, I do think, by the way, on the recruitment front, uh, if he gets Fitzpatrick in uh, mm-hmm. for a long for a longer loan, I think that's good. Um, uh, the next question is, is, well, there's only one other area of the yeah, team which is standing like a sore thumb, isn't yeah, it? What do we know
1: about the striker
0: <sighs> situation? Yeah. Well, the name of Kiefer Moore keeps coming up. We asked him again this week, uh, you know, is that on? Is that a possibility? Um, he refused to respond at all. A grin spread across his face, so we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, United have lost Nathan Blissett to Plymouth. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I think we all know that, you know, Nathan Blissett wasn't. Um, always, you know, a rampaging bull up front, was he? But um, uh, you, you usually, you need, in this level of must football... You have to replace him. Yes, yeah. you do, you yeah. do. And, and and he's brought in Sean Harrod, OK, good experienced striker. Yeah, he looked, been he around for it, didn't yes, he? he? He did came on as a sub on yeah.
1: Saturday, he put himself around, um, did that thing that we were talking about on the podcast last week, of holding the ball up. He's one of those players that the ball sticks to, doesn't he? I yeah. mean, that, that's not by luck, that's his own skill, that's his talent to hold yes. that ball up. And,
0: I, and, and, and his Experience and his know-how, his influence in the dressing room are all plus points, you know. But he isn't six foot three, no. uh, uh, and um, uh, you know, especially if United are going to persevere with with Fitzpatrick and, yeah. and Sparks on the wings, you need somebody, you, you need do. a centre forward in the middle to uh, to make the most of it.
1: Because there was that great spell of play, particularly in the game up at Forest Green, where when one of the wingers was was attacking down one flank,
0: usually Fitzpatrick,
1: usually Fitzpatrick, the other winger Sparks comes in Quite. at the far post, and it worked twice it Provides quick the succession for That's the finish. Right. Yeah. And same vice versa, Sparks is attacking, yes. the cross comes in, Fitzpatrick is pulling in, but that doesn't work at home as well as it works away, does it? It doesn't,
0: no. Uh, when you're on the counter-attack away yeah. from home, which United caught Forest Green time and time again, didn't they? Mm. Um, uh, uh, and at home, it's a, bit, it's a little like, you know, I'm not trying to compare us with the mob up the road, but but... Uh, um, Exeter City fans have been tearing their hair out with about City's inability to win at home. Yeah. Uh, whereas I think they've won ridiculously like, seven or eight games away they're, from they're home. They're
1: away from it is as good as anybody quite, in that league, you know, isn't because it?
0: Because they play this counter-attacking, quite pacey passing football. But at home, when teams sit back and say, come on, get through this lot, a bit like Plymouth did to Liverpool yes, in the Cup yeah. last Sunday, you've almost got to batter your way through. And, um, you know, United since Blissett and without and keeper more Certainly can't batter their way through. I don't think at home, and Exeter still can't probably do it, even though, you know, they may uh, um, be getting better at it, uh, um, uh, you know, up the road. But um, so but you need yeah. you need a centre forward, a proper you centre do, forward yeah. in lower division football.
1: If the Kiefer Moore deal does not come off for any reason, you know, it another club will be in for him. Maybe he stays at Forest Green. Whatever yeah. happens, then Kevin Nicholson has to be looking for. And, I, and I'm sure he similar, is. Yeah, similar, yes. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. he is.
0: Uh, um, you know, um, I mean, you know, you. you it's very easy to sort of slip down the road of, oh, I'll just get a big man in and whack the ball up to him. You know, nobody, yeah. nobody's quite going down that road. But, um, you know, apart from anything else, you know, if the ball is going up to a big man up front, it's not in your half of the pitch for a start. True. Um, uh, and if you've got somebody who's made of the right stuff physically and mentally, you ought to be able to, you know, fashion some chances and and, yeah. and, ke- and put other teams under pressure. And as we all know, especially in lower division football, a hell of a lot of goals come not from your good play, but from mistakes in defence. United certainly conceded the winning goal last Saturday through that. So, um, yeah. um, you know, it's it's a pressure business, isn't it?
1: So looking ahead to the weekend, it's our fourth match against Woking this yep. season. This is almost like going back to the days of playing Hereford at least yes. four times a season. Yes, yeah,
0: so they, they, didn't, they didn't used to need to hold a League Cup draw for Torquay, did it? It, it was, was just, just Torquay v Hereford, Hereford
1: every single you? year. Exactly. Yeah. So Woking and Woking have got the um, have got the advantage over us, haven't they? They won three one up there in September. We drew the cup game at Playmore, one each in October. Then lost the replay two one. Yes,
0: and I think I'm right in saying that United led in all three matches. I think they did. Um, yeah, uh, and couldn't hold on. Um, and that in itself is something that, that, that is a bit of a concern. Mm-hmm. When you see that this week, um, Southport. Went to Barrow, who, which has been a fortress Going for most well, of this season. Yes. Scored, I yeah. think, in the 14th minute or something at Barrow and kept them out for the next yeah. 75 minutes, whatever it was. All credit to them. Braintree beat somebody at home 1-0. Oh, I haven't <coughs> got it with <in> <laughs> me. Beg pardon. So the gaps are closing up. Exactly. And and, and I think United are what? Woking are 22nd at the moment, something like that. United are five points away from the relegation zone after last Saturday's defeat. This has all the makings of a very important match indeed. Win it, and uh, you can breathe a little bit more easily for a week or two. Lose it, and the alarm bells really start to ring.
1: Two sides who know each other well, very two well. managers who know each other well. Yeah. There's not to be a lot between them, is it?
0: No, there? you wouldn't have thought so. I, I, you say that, and quite rightly, I think both teams know each other's players very well, but Gary Hill, the working manager, has been playing almost every formation apart from Christmas tree and, <laughs> and whatever in the last few weeks. Uh, earlier in the season, they were absolutely three centre-backs and the two full-backs used to bomb on Caprice on one side, and I've momentarily forgotten the left-back. Um, and that was their key to it, and yeah. United suffered big time on two oca- on at least two occasions. He's changed it. He's played with four at the back. He's played all sorts of different formations, but uh, he never stand still for long. No, does he? no, he doesn't. Um, they've got they've got a young lad in on loan from Sheffield United, Hall Connor Hall, a striker, but there's no guarantee that he'll play up. I, I like Gozi Agwu, their centre forward. Yeah. He's 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 come he's, on he's a ton done of some season. damage, hasn't he? He has, and yeah. he, he, he can play with his back to goal and turn decent you know, centre-forward. I wouldn't have thought he'd be working all that long if he can keep going between now and the end of the season. They've got a decent midfield. Uh, Denon Lewis, is a young lad on loan from Watford, uh, yeah. makes very dangerous runs from midfield. Sabio Sarraiba, who's a, a left-footed midfield player, always looking to get forward. They, they are a team that, on their day, um, uh, very entertaining and yeah. can score goals. Should be a good game. And uh and of course, Michael Poking goal and Brian oh, yes, Saar in defence, two ex United players there as well.
1: Looking a little bit further ahead, the, the away game at Maidstone the following Saturday. Yes. Um, there's some talk that possibly we might get one of our injured players back. Well,
0: um, uh, Kevin Nicholson said at his press conference today that, that he was hoping, stroke expecting Luke Young to return to full contact training next week which, of course, is hugely sooner yeah. than anybody yeah. expected. Now, if, if he does that and comes through a week's training, of full contact, uh, uh, you and I would immediately sort of think, oh, my goodness, that's very quick to be going straight back yeah. in, especially since United, sadly, have no reserve team to give him a run no, out that's thing. true. Yeah. But Nicholson was hinting that he could well be in contention for the Maidstone match. Well, um, I, Whether he would start, you know. I'm always one of these things if you're fit enough to be on the bench, bench, you you should be fit enough to start. So, but the fact is that he won't have had a chance to have had a a reserve game. This is a huge issue. There's there's no
1: prospect of getting one in anywhere, is there? I don't don't
0: think so, not in the current circumstances. And of course, there's no youth team to back it up anywhere. This is unfortunately where the club is as we stand, although everybody hopes that it will improve in the summer. uh, uh, and Damon Lathrop is not that far behind. I think he uh, Nicholson thinks that he's maybe a fortnight, maybe behind Nicholson. Yeah. He, of course, has come back after abdominal surgery. So um, uh, this it, would be good, would and this would
1: ease the pressure on on Kevin Nicholson having to find players in those positions. I, th- right? I think, in
0: his own mind, he's already got you know um, uh, Courtney Richards and a Man Burma you know, getting stuck in, beavering away, in there in midfield at the moment. Uh, you've got Sam Cheney, who was playing as a kind of a yeah. Semi, semi midfielder, stroke striker. Uh, what a shame uh, that lovely little chip didn't uh, go in. Left foot so as well. They, uh, left foot as foot well. The foot normally
1: reserved for standing on. And that, that was a beauty. Sorry, I digress but that would have been some. Just doll, before
0: half time, yeah. that would have been one nil. Um, but you know, Sam Cheney is a midfield player rather than a striker. I think even he would yeah. admit that. So you've got a midfield roster there of uh, of young Lathrop. Verma Richards and Cheney. I think that means no. I'm not going to go and try and no. commit more money to that department, uh, which of course, here we go, frees up yeah. hopefully a centre forward and um, uh, gaming international United's new owners. They they are uh, uh, already uh, busy at playing more, starting to make changes, uh, yeah. which I think will, will become apparent in the next few weeks. Um, hopefully. Confidently, uh, according to them, that the, the takeover will be signed off yeah. next next Thursday by the national. And that, that's board. the first
1: opportunity, isn't it? It's not. Nobody's been dragging their heels on this. this no, no. The first I, time. I mean, Christmas
0: and New Year didn't help. But, yeah. But, but but next Thursday, the nineteenth, I think it is. Um, uh, uh, the national board will sit and uh, um, presumably uh, uh, approve um, uh, the takeover of United by yeah. Gaming International. They've had the paperwork for quite a long time. I was talking to Clark Osborne this week. the, the GI chief executive and he said that they haven't come back to them with any queries or uh, so questions so on good. that so yeah. that's that and then of course the day before which has been occupying quite a lot of people's um, attention the uh, there is a scheduled council committee meeting yeah. uh, um, which I all of a sudden we were expecting um, a a, a, cha- a bit of a chat about possible reviews of the plain more lease to Come yeah. up, but we've since discovered that uh, it's not a, it's not actually on the agenda no. for that meeting. So um, I it think was
1: on it was on the forward plan,
0: yes, but it hasn't made the agenda. No. So, uh, and I think the reason it hasn't made the agenda, if you're to believe, which you've no reason not to, Richard Haddock, who's the committee chairman, and Gordon Oliver, the mayor, is that until the owners of the club, i.e., the previous board yeah. or Gaming International, actually come go to the council with some. Sp- solid proposals or requests there isn't anything for the council no. uh, or the committee to discuss um, uh, you know they can talk behind the scenes until they're blue in the face until you know uh, councils and council committees are conducted on a slightly different basis to sort of you know behind closed doors things. sooner or later elected representatives have to discuss these things in public yeah. in committee and uh, as we stand, as far as we know, that there's, there's been no official approach to the Council by Gaming International or anybody else to either ask for a review of the lease or even to discuss it. So until that happens, the Council, I think, basically sit tight and say,
1: right, well... Um, um, A lot of of questions, aren't there? Yeah, yes, and and
0: and and a lot of United fans are understandably, you know, uh, interested, stroke concerned uh, about what the future may bring on that score. But um, that's apparently where
1: we are at the moment. Indeed. And that's us. That's us for this week. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. As you'll know, we've been upgraded. We're all in one part. There's no need to go looking for part two. As we do the podcast All in one go now
0: And good luck I would think this weekend To Chris Ralph United's groundsman Who uh, must be standing Watching the rain tip Out of the sky At the moment Uh, um, With a bit of luck I think it's a bit drier
1: It gets drier and colder Uh, Before it gets wetter um, again With a
0: bit of luck He won't have too many issues At play more this week
1: And while we're saying Good luck Good luck Argyle Next Wednesday Because they've played Their replay against Liverpool Um before we podcast again, yeah, and um, job done in the first leg. Yeah, park the bus very, very nicely too. A <laughs> tidy bit of bus parking, I thought that was. And uh, it got, just shows you stick nine men behind the ball, and you've got a hell of a yeah, chance of holding out. As, as you said, come on and break us. It was a bit like Muhammad Ali's rope a dope, wasn't yes. it? But they didn't quite manage the knockout blow at the other end. But no, who knows? But it should be a. Uh, full House at Home Park. Yeah, and they'll be uh, jumping. Good luck to them.
0: And who is it? Wolves at Home? Wolves, yeah. Wolves at Home We're if they get through.
1: But more importantly, Talking United are at home to Woking at More on Saturday with the three o'clock kickoff. We'll be there. I hope you will. We'll see you there. And as ever, come on you yellows.